live from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I am the guest host today. My name is Jeff McDonald, Editorial Director with the Program and Publications Department at Salvation Army National Headquarters. We are working from our satellite offices in the vicinity of Alexandria, Virginia, home to the Salvation Army National Headquarters. With me is uh, our able, capable, gregarious producer, Elizabeth Hanley. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? Hello there. I am so excited to be here. Loving your hosting. Well, thanks so, <laughs> thanks so much. As I said, I am the guest host um, for uh, Colonel Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley, who uh, originated this podcast, had envisioned it, and has helped to get it uh, get it produced. Um, and the reason I am the guest host will become uh, readily apparent soon um, in this podcast. The host of Fight for Good podcast and the person who envisioned it in the first place is our special guest today, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley, the Army's National Secretary for Program and Editor-in-Chief. We are really excited to speak with him about his new book, Rest for the Rest of Us, the latest book published by the Army's publishing arm, Crest Books. Greetings, Colonel Foley. Well, greetings to you, Mr. Jeff McDonald. I uh, I feel like um, we should move this to the airwaves, to the midnight hour on NPR or something. Smooth jazz. Just talk, talk softly, and and with that deep resonant voice. You just, you're just a lovely host. Thank you, sir, for welcoming me in. Oh, it's so good to be with you, and we, as we have been on this journey with the podcast, and I got to tell you, it's just been a delight to be with you and Elizabeth on these, and our special guests as well. I hope you've enjoyed it too, Colonel. I hope it's kind of uh, met what you've expected. Well, you know, interesting. It's it's uh, one of the highlights of my uh, on my <laughs> on my week uh, when Elizabeth schedules us to do a, a podcast of some sort, and um, I just enjoy working with both of you so much. So it's great. Good. So um, we know, Colonel Foley, that the amount of information available in the world today doubles in a matter of years. We're increasingly drawn to multitasking, to achieve, to attain success and make an impact. News is shared as it happens. So when I look at your book and the cover of it, it does cause me to breathe deeply and value the moment. Having read the book, I can commend it as a very readable, approachable book that is conversational in style and really conveys a style of you, Colonel, the author, seeing as people acquainted with you know you to be a sincere, open, empathetic person who has a deep knowledge of theology and of the Salvation Army and who adds just the right amount of humor to your engagements. It does seem contradictory, though, Colonel, um, thinking about um, you writing a book on rest uh, you've had such challenging and demanding and diverse appointments in the Salvation Army. You've uh, earned a doctorate in spiritual formation. You've served in multicultural communities as corps officer, training college principal. You've been char- you were charged with opening the first ever Crop Corps Community Center, the beautiful center in San Diego. 
You've been divisional commander in San Francisco and now as national program secretary and editor-in-chief. It would seem that rest was not something you had the luxury to consider. What led you to write this book, Rest, for the rest of us? Well, just with what you said there, I'm I'm exhausted all over again. <laughs> Thinking back of, of 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 that journey, you know, I think I think for me, uh, this was a topic very close uh, f- to my own heart. <clears throat> trying to figure out with the um, the scope of duties, the unique duties that I've had the privilege, along with my wife, in uh, working. You know, I'm starting my 30, 39th year uh, at this. Um, you know, we've been in some appointments that were deeply uh, exhausting. Uh, uh, we carried some very, very heavy burdens. We pioneered uh, some notable work uh, for the Salvation Army. Uh, it wasn't always uh, peaches and cream, uh, a lot of roses with a lot of thorns in it. Uh, but there was a, a period in my life, and I write about it a little bit in the book, where God sent me on a on a two month timeout when I was in London at the International College for Officers, which was a, any officer that gets appointed to that and goes through it knows how much of a privilege and joy it is. Uh, that was a a life changer for me and a saving moment in my life where God really talked to me deeply, um, especially through um, the the gospel uh, verse of, you know, come to me, all ye that are, 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 um, are heavy laden and are in need of, of rest. Uh, learn to live freely and lightly again. It was kind of like the mantra that I took away from my experience then. Um, I, uh, I, I, I talk a little bit in the book, especially in the introduction uh, of, of how this whole um, message sort of crystallized uh, in, in my heart and the need for me uh, to, to kind of go and, and share and, and write. Um, th- this book is, is entirely an impression that God gave me uh, that I felt towards my Salvation Army brethren um, in particular for officers, but it also encompasses all sorts of people in all sorts of ways of life. Uh, that it, it, I feel like it's a, it's a word of permission and it's a word of, of privilege uh, that God gave me uh, to share. And uh, hopefully it will resonate with a lot of people when they read this book. Yeah, um, much research has been devoted to the subject of to, to recovering the meaning of Sabbath rest. Uh, you know, there's a lot of literature on there out there about this, it, it, but your approach is really unique and 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 different. It's not a a tome. It is very much a personal. Um, you make yourself vulnerable in the book to expose your own needs and also um, how you grew to appreciate the meaning of Sabbath in a much broader context than how we usually think about it. How do you think your book adds to the our understanding of Sabbath rest? Well, it's important to, to know the context in which the book kind of came out of. I mean, part of it, 
Well, the main part of it was an, out of an academic assignment. Um, I worked on a doctorate when I was the training principal out west. Uh, I was engaged in a doctorate program at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary in South Hamilton, uh, Massachusetts. And on retreat, uh, we did a, a four-day retreat at a little uh, Catholic retreat center called Enders Island. And I remember the, the first time we did like an afternoon of silence, how the Lord just kind of laid on my heart that it's time to take this topic of Sabbath a little more seriously. And so it was at that point where I started to work on the abstract and I started digging in and I read in conjunction with this probably over 60 different books uh, in spiritual formation on and different, different topics and different, you know, theological ways Sabbath has been, uh, you know, like uh, interpreted over, over the years. Uh, I, the the um, doctoral dissertation kind of has a, a formality to it. Uh, there was the way you go through the, the program itself. Uh, so th- this book um, really uh, really breaks that formality down into more of a narrative story. And I remember sharing this with um, my predecessor, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan Satterley, who, by the way, just, you know, encouraged me to keep working at this. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I submitted it to him and he said, you know, it, it really needs a narrative. It needs your narrative. And uh, so I took that to heart and really prayed over it and took my time. I wasn't, I wasn't in a rush to just try to get it out, you know, kind of get it out there. But I just really felt that this was a very, very special word that needed to be shared at this particular time um, within the Salvation Army and maybe within the within the church. Uh, and there's a couple of things, Jeff, that kind of come out of this. And you've heard this from me a lot and because our staff hears this about creating space. And when we create space in our lives, that allows for inspiration and for innovation and imagination and all kinds of different things that kind of come out of that. So I'm, I'm hoping, I guess with this book, how it differs from some other books on the topic is that it specifically gives people within the Salvation Army permission to stop and, and, and to understand it's okay to be silent. It's okay to reflect it's okay to hit the pause button now and then um, because we really, really need it uh, for this very important work that we're engaged in. There's so many um, anecdotes that you share in the book and statements that really are, uh, you know, very interesting. You talk about when, you know, you reflect on when you were a young boy playing in the neighborhood, you go out in the woods for a day and just revel in the moment. Um, you um, also, so you expand on the meaning of Sabbath, I think, in some um, important ways. You know, with, normally we think of Sabbath as, you know, Sunday or being in church, following the routines. But, but you seem to have an expanded definition of Sabbath. Could you explain that? You know, I grew up uh, in, a, in a home, you know, going to church and activities on Sunday were you know, somewhat limited, but wasn't wasn't uh, definitely the blue laws uh, of everything. Um, so 
you know, and, and I didn't grow up in a, in a, in a fundamental, uh, fundamentalist religious home. I grew up in a home where my parents uh, revered God and honored God and loved the country and loved each other and loved our neighbor. And, uh, you know, so we, we you know, we kind of did church as a part of our culture. Um, but, you know, part of the thing for me is uh, S- Sabbath is, is, is not, it, it's not a, a bunch of laws, um, as we've come to make it and it's been handed down to us. Sabbath is not a formula. It's, it's not a set thing that, you know, if you do X, Y, Z, I found, and most officers will say this, know this, you know, the Sabbath, the Sunday was, is the worst, worst day of the week. It's the busiest day. It's the most exhaustive day. You're you're there. All this uh, tremendous energy goes out of you and, you know, everything that possibly could go wrong goes wrong on a Sunday from broken pipes to icy roads to people getting sick in the congregation to sound problems to, you know, losing your notes, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you had to find another way. And then when you're doing this work that's 24-7, finding, finding that rhythm is very, very difficult. Um so I, I, I think that uh, for me with with this this book again, getting hyping on that hyping harping on that idea of space, hitting the pause button. It's okay to be bored. It's okay not to fill your whole day with endless activity. It's okay to listen to your body. It's okay to run with the things that really um, bring you. Uh, joy. I think, Jeff, that for me and on my theological understandings and working with my mentor, Dr. Stephen Machia, who wrote the foreword to this book, um, who, uh, you know, I, I worked with uh, back and forth on a lot of different things leading up to this. Um, you know, Sabbath is a delight. It, it, th- this pausing in our life should be something that refreshes and restores us and rejuvenates us and causes us to rejoice and and to celebrate and 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 to embrace these moments you know and so I I talk about daydreaming and I, I talk about uh, creating the absence of you know uh, absence of things in your life and and focusing on some of the things that that are essential so naturally I just kind of tie in a lot of different quirkiness of of my upbringing and and story and uh, observation and, and uh, you know, how that kind of uh, impresses the theological component of Sabbath and meshing it with when Jesus calls us, you know, to lay down our burdens, to, to learn to live again, to live lightly and freely, as Eugene Peterson writes in the message version of that verse in Matthew 11. Uh, you know, I want the reader to to feel a little lighter, um, a little more loved, um, have a little more laughter in your life, and and learning how to really, really live under this sense of joy and and delight in the midst of this heavy burden that that we all carry in life. Yeah, I must say that I think the, your book is beguilingly 
it seems simple uh, and the message seems very simple, but there's really great depth to it. And to really put it into practice, what you're speaking of is uh, takes intention. You know, you got to be intentional about it. Um, so I, you know, I encourage readers to really, you know, consider this book um, and, 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 because you include questions at the end of each chapter so that people can have a takeaway, you know, for how they can apply that concept, that, that um, idea of being in the moment and finding joy and creating Sabbath as you can. Um, the book certainly helps them do that. Um, I'm just curious, what are some of the ways that you would recommend people carve out that kind of Sabbath rest in their lives? Do you have any suggestions? Well, you know, I again, like I said, there's there's no one set formula, um, you know that that can work for everybody, and you know the the the, the idea of rest for the rest of us uh, re- really means that you know it it's it's for you to discover what works for you, what may work for Jeff McDonald may not necessarily work for Tim Foley or for Elizabeth Hanley, you know, I mean, we all have our different, different ways that we approach life. And we have, we have a lot of fun here off mic talking about all kinds of different things. And, you know, we all find joy in, in different things. I mean, I, I talk very openly in the book of my disdain for table games. I don't (laughs) like table games. I never have, you know, I never do. And, and there's like a trend right now, like table games, that's it. You know, and my oldest daughter, uh, uh, Lieutenant Laura uh, Foley, um, she's, you know, she's always advocating, let's play table games. And then dad just doesn't like to do table games. So, you know, I, I, I guess the idea is, is Sabbath is for all of us. Sabbath is not for the elite. Sabbath is not for the one that has their whole act all together. Sabbath is not for, is, is not just for those that have been on the journey, you know, for a long, long, long time. Sabbath is really for us right now to find ways that we can pause so that we can learn to listen to God. We can listen to our bodies. We can listen to each other. There's an awful lot of talk these days about listening, but nobody really is active listening to each other. And I think it starts, we can't really listen to each other unless, unless we really listen to our, our own self. And if, if our life is just so filled with stuff, then that, that has this suffocating effect. And, and I know as a Salvation Army officer, um, there's there's so much stuff to deal with and in these days there are so many different heavy issues uh that are hitting us all at once right now that it's um it's 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 pressing down and causing people to break apart uh, my colleagues um uh, even myself you know i'm i'm almost afraid to say a certain thing because of either being considered tone deaf or cancel this or whatever. And it's like, you know what? God says, stop. And I think we need to listen. When God says, stop, we need to listen to that commandment. Well, it's interesting. It's funny. I was out last night looking at the trees and and, and just admiring all the fireflies out at this time of year. (laughs) And 
thinking, you know, just reveling in the beauty of that and the majesty of it, kind of, and the, the mystery. Well, you, I, I grew up on I grew up on the West Coast, and so living out here in Mid Atlantic uh, the last two summers, uh, you know, I look forward to the fireflies, and we don't have a lot right now uh, around us. But the few that we see, uh, you know, when they spark, it just delights my heart. And and in a, and in a way, you know, you think about a firefly and, and you know, it, it only comes out. I mean, it buries itself down, lays its egg, dies, I think. And then the next ones come out and they last for a few weeks and then they're gone. But they, they bring this 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 joy, right? And so you're kind of tapping into it. Some of the stuff is... I don't want to get in, you know, into deep transcendental sort of thing, but I was always a, a great fan of Henry David Thoreau, who, you know, and, and not necessarily on politics and all of those kind of thoughts. I didn't, maybe even on his religious spirituality, you know, he kind of moved away from dogma and deity and things like that. But there were things that he said in, in Walden Pond um, that I think still resonate today with a lot of people. And I think in the church, uh, when we don't stop and, and we don't admire creation around us, um, when we're always um, fixating on our image and, you know, arguing on social media threads and, you know, wanting, wanting to get so many likes and followers on Instagram, and we're so in pursuit of our own self-image, um, we miss the opportunity of, of God speaking right around us. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, looking at the trees and the fireflies. I mean, I, I, I just, I've just been reminded, especially during this COVID thing, you know, um, God is still in control. With the rise of, of of racism, with the rise of um, all the angst, with the, with the rise of unemployment and all the economic uh, things that are kind of on the verge of collapse, decade after decade, century after century, um, God is still in the midst, and God is still in our midst. But if if we if we're so surrounded and so consumed with all of this news and noise, and if we don't eliminate that sometimes in our lives, things can, you know, get a little out of kilter. And I think that's, that's kind of my heart that kind of comes out in this book that just says, Hey, it's okay to pause. And what that pausing looks like in your situation may not be what it is in my situation. Jeff, I've been in, in appointments where, um, it was very difficult to find time off. Um, when we were starting the Croc Center, especially when we were in the midst of getting it open and, and you know, Joan Croc died and we had this $2 billion gift and we had all of the stress and pressure and multi-layer staffs and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was just kind of like pressing in on me to a point where my soul was collapsing. It was great and I don't regret a minute of it. But I think what I know now, if I was to go back, I probably would approach things a lot differently, obviously. And even with it, just kind of like my own self-care would have, would have been uh, a little better uh, than it is, but I'm not, I'm not at a croc center anymore. And I'm, I'm in a different place in my life. And my, my kids are adults. I'm a grandfather and my kids are on to their out living away and they're on their own career paths and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's just me and my wife and our dog, Maggie and, 
you know, and, and digging life here on the, the mid Atlantic close and getting to work with cool people like you guys every day. So life is different and doesn't matter what your circumstance is. God still is calling us to rest and, and to, to, to embellish our, our relationship with him. Interesting. I mean, yeah, you make the point in the book that intention, being intentional about such things is critical. I mean, and the, the, your chapter headings are, are you know, give an idea of what this is, the depth of this book, creating space in our lives, obeying in the light of grace, learning the art of intentional pacing, restoring oneself, defining joy in our lives delighting in what we've been given, hitting the stop button. We rest to work. The call to something different and further steps to take. Um, what, um, how did you, how have you looked upon rest differently after writing this book, Colonel, for yourself? Yeah, I think any author, when, when, you, when you write a book, um, there's always this fear, did you cover it sufficiently? What did you leave out? What, um, you know, what are, what are next steps? Um, that kind of thing. And the other big fear is, are you really living what this book is talking about? Hmm, and I can yeah. honest, I, I honest, and you know, I mean, it's it's one thing to get up in a pulpit and kind of teach hmm. something. It's it's another thing to say, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. I I, I honestly think that this is a book that that comes from my heart and, and it's something that I am definitely uh, trying to apply uh, day in and day out in my life. Have I perfected it? Absolutely not. You know, sometimes there's a rhythm to like an appointment, like our appointment right now, I mean, while we're recording this, we're all working remotely. We, we are on day 108 on this at the at the time of this recording of working remotely you know we're about ready to put out our fourth issue of the war cry all you know all remote and that's had its own challenges in itself so our our pace and our rhythm is is a little different i'm not traveling i'm not speaking i'm not teaching there's restrictions on all of that right now so i have a little bit more time but i'm also finding challenges of concentrating and you know trying to write some new stuff or think about this or that doesn't flow uh, as easy. But I, th I think I've come to a place in my life where I can say, you know what? I'm okay. I feel like I'm leaning, I'm leaning more and more into the heart of God these days. I, I mean, I, I'm being very cautious what I post on, on my Facebook page, for instance, I really, I'll get these moments of impressions that I really feel the Spirit of God speaking to me about, and I'll, I'll sit and write, and it just kind of flows out. It doesn't come every day. That's kind of like one of those things that comes out of rest when you're able to kind of just sit with your thoughts a little bit, and, you know, and, and kind of think and ponder, and and uh, you don't always have to speak, you don't always have to write. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm a lot further ahead than when I first really started out as a Salvation Army officer, or even when I first started uh, studying the, the concept of Sabbath altogether. You know, I just speaking with you now, your honesty, your vulnerability, your straightforward thinking, your, your willingness to share 
for the benefit of readers, really comes through with the book. And I just commend that to people. There's so much we could cover today about this subject, but um, I would just like to know um, how can people continue the discussion with you about this important topic? Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of different things that I'm very excited uh, about the book. And I, I have told you, um, and I've told others, you know, I, I don't have another book in me uh, at this stage in my life. Um, I feel that somebody said, oh, just, you know, you're editor-in-chief, you kind of wrangled your way in there. Well, you know, yes and no, but I, I think it's important that, you know, all the editors uh, previous before me have, have written books and on different things. And this one was actually kind of in the work a long time ago, even before I even knew I was coming here. By the way, Jeff, when I, when I knew I was coming to NHQ, you know, I didn't know I was going to be editor in chief. Right. I was assigned as the assistant, <laughs> assistant national chief secretary and 45 minutes into it, I, the NC came in and said, don't get too comfortable. And, you know, and I had the privilege of shadowing you and, and uh, Colonel Satterley and learn all the ins and outs about, you know, the publishing world. So, you know, I, I don't write this book because it's of, of the position uh, or I'm, that I'm in the position. I write this book because there's a need for it. There's a need for us to have uh, some discussion out of this. And we have been, we have been um, privileged to make a lot of changes in programs and publications. And there's a lot more changes that will be coming. Uh, and one of the great things is that we've done more digital content um, these days. Uh, the podcast is attesting to that, and the pod podcast is starting to grow a little bit more of an audience. And and Elizabeth is just so brilliant. She's just a, been a wonderful addition to our team. And she was able to take the questions that I put at the end of each chapter, uh, and she put them in a, um, a digital book uh, that's available for people to download as a PDF file. Um, and people will be able to access this book. And hopefully I wrote this book in a way that it's, it has at least a 10 year shelf life to it. If, if not some of the concepts, um, but we've devoted a, uh, a Facebook page. We've devoted a, uh, a web page uh, to this uh, Tim Foley online.com and um, people will be able to engage in conversation uh, about this book, uh, about the topic. And it's one of those things where I think it's going to resonate. It's going to take a while for to click for some people. Uh, I know there's some people that can't wait for this book to come out as a defense for them taking two days off a week. <laughs> I don't, I don't give them that opportunity. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see down the road, you know, Maybe how, how did this book help somebody uh, to recalibrate their their own lives like like I had to uh, in my own in my own journey? It's really interesting too. You think you know one of the distinguishing characteristics of being human is the fact that we have imagination, and it, how can we we can only use our imagination if we do rest and rejuvenate and you know find the source of being in ourselves and find ways to, you know, value that. So I appreciate that you brought that to our department, Colonel, that perspective. You know, uh, uh, it, it kind of with that, it, it's interesting. I've had, a, I've had 
conversations with a lot of people about, especially in this COVID time, you know, do you notice nuances about yourself? And, and, and some of the things that people are saying is that their dreams while they're asleep are a lot more vivid and memorable. You know, last night I, uh, I, I auditioned for a, for a part and I got the part in my dreams. So I was, I was in a major commercial as a college professor and, and then I woke up and I was like, wow, that was a lot of fun being on set. You know, it's kind of like, you know, and, and, and I, I think the, 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 the biggest innovator and imaginative person, I think in the world, uh, especially in Christendom was William Booth. I mean, William Booth got it, you know, and, how many of us today want to really emulate that? I know, I know a lot of people want to go back to primitive salvation army and whatever, you know, but I think if William Booth were alive today, he would be saying, you know, folks, let's try something else. And, and we have, we have a general now general pedal who's saying, you know what, that's not working. Let's cut it out. Let's do this. Those are the kind of leaders that I want to follow. I want to follow people that are dreamers, both dreamers and doers. And I think this book allows us that opportunity, allows us to say, I'm going to pause and I'm going to think a little bit. And then I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to have the energy to keep riding this old chariot along and making the changes that, that need to, you know, I realize I'm kind of, I'm, I'm under, under the six year window of, of retiring and the Lord has laid on my heart while I'm still an active officer it's important for me to step aside and allow other people to give voice. And Jeff, you've heard this from me over and over. You know, one of our our things that we want to do in publications is to develop new writers and new voices, and and help young younger officers and, and soldiers and employees uh, the opportunity to share what what God is sharing through them on their hearts. And so. As we kind of move along, we want to we want to remind people, um, you know, maintain that sense of balance in your life. Remember the Sabbath. Remember to take it, however it works out for you, however you can adjust it in your life, however you want to define it in your life. Go for it. Just do it. That is really one of the great messages of the book and readers will benefit from that message as they try to implement that in their own lives. Thank you for that. And this book will be available is available at crestbooks.com. And it will also be also available as an ebook on amazon.com. So we look forward to learning how people do apply this in the future. Um, in, in their lives. And we look forward to further imaginations, imaginings, Colonel, from you. Yeah, it, it, it'll be fun. It, it's been a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of folks behind the scenes. You, Jeff, um, really took the time. You did your incredible editorial magic, um, you and Major Swain. And of course, Alex on our staff, who was, uh, uh, she really ripped the book apart and <laughs> made the the sentence structures and all, all of that kind of stuff and and coming up uh, with the design. Even my youngest daughter said she said when I showed her the the copy that uh, Joshua Morales 
kind of the idea he came up with. Uh, oh, no, no. Actually, it was Elizabeth yes. that found the original. Our uh, own producer, she we found were struggling. the original. We were struggling, we were really struggling with it. And she just like within 10 minutes found the right one. And my youngest mm. daughter said, I would read that book. <laughs> she yeah. said, it looks like she said, it looks like there's a story in there. And I said, well, there are some stories. And hopefully I didn't mention too many family secrets in the book. To get in trouble with <laughs> Well, your mother-in-law. Yeah, you know, you yeah, yeah. Your mother <laughs> yeah, it's ironic. I read that chapter to my family while we were playing a table game. And that's uh, the chapter where I talk about I don't like table games because my mother-in-law <laughs> kind of ruined it for me. She ruined Scrabble for me because she was so, so stinking good at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Not never win at that. Mm. But um, so that's that's really good. So that we commend this book to our listeners, and we really thank you, Colonel, for you know taking the time and effort and energy to write this book, and uh, to be so transparent in it, and uh, with the intention of helping others. So uh, thank you for this uh, episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Um, again, this book is available um, at uh, where at crestbooks.com and on Amazon as an ebook. That is going to end this episode of the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts. And please don't forget to follow the War Cry and Peer on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Goodbye and God bless. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.